0: Welcome to No Room for Phonies. It is episode 45 and we are back. It is summer. We had an amazing thunderstorm today but um, it has cleared and if it starts raining you'll see us pick up this and run for our lives because uh, anyway all this electronic equipment we don't want it in the rain but right now it's uh, kind of clearing and it's a nice day so you'll hear the sounds of outdoors again but um, you've heard that before so podcast 45 questions to ask your child's teacher before school starts but before we get into that cocktails we've had mango daiquiri mm-hmm. and it's Very good. good it's yum with I mean strawberry daiquiris mango daiquiris they're all good and then in August which is coming up at the end of this week it's called a Frankie oh. and it has ice cubes a half an <laughs> ounce of frangelico Oh, half an ounce of Kalua, nice, and a half a one ounce of Irish cream, and one ounce of cream, and then very finely crushed hazelnuts. So time I to get my this, lactose uh, pills out. Yes, I call this a campfire. Ooh, we can also get lactose-free cream. Remember?
1: Oh, that's true. So Frangelico. Um, I know. So we're gonna have that's to buy some hazelnut liqueur. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah so anyway this is kind of like a campfire yeah, i think we have Kalua downstairs we do so um the book that i want to recommend i'm not all the way through it but it's a pretty life-changing book
1: it's very good it's
0: called i thought it was just me but it isn't making the journey from what will people think to i am enough and it's a brene brown book but it's one of her earlier
1: earlier about books but tro- i think based on her first batch of research projects right yeah.
0: basically on shame yeah. but and it's very women-centric will...
1: but i would recommend every man read it because it's very insightful i've learned a ton i started reading it first actually yeah so.
0: <laughs> actually but anyway it's great and then i'd like to point people to the daring classrooms hub at brene brown.com mm. it's um quite uh, amazing like, Is it about education? Oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's I haven't gone It's there. for teachers. Oh, wow. It's for teachers. But mm-hmm. as a parent, and uh, I would want to look at that hub. It's It's got a lot of very cool things and uh, lots of great quotes and yeah. lots of good well, stuff.
1: you know, just a little bit on the book. With the news, just so that you know, the time frame, the Olympics are on and the Norwegian Women's... Uh, each volleyball team has been fined for not wearing bikini bottoms this whole like a big part of this book addresses uh body shaming and body image and i think it's really timely and i and i'm guessing that the hub is also a lot about teaching girls about not being shamed or no no, no. it's
0: more um i haven't looked at it so no it's it's more you belong in this classroom oh nice and, it's about belonging and it's and, about yeah Because shame is about belonging, too. yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to maybe get into that once we get through our education series. And the question to ponder today is how do you define success? A while back, I did a podcast with my son, Sebastian, on success and what he defines success as. And I think it's really important. It's interesting because we were listening to a lecture today from our course that we're taking yeah on um, Udemy on um, actually neuro linguistic programming which is very interesting but he was talking a lot about um, ideas today and the whole idea that um, whatever you kind of dream you can become and we were kind of and you know he talked a lot in his about making a lot of money and all that kind of thing and So I thought it was I think it's really important that you think about what your own definition of success is because Mm -hmm. we don't agree that it's always about having a lot of money and Mm -hmm. whatever money solves or
1: or about making some kind of big impact where you have you leave some kind of legacy where like lots of people remember you. Yes. I also disagree that that's necessarily what success is.
0: So anyway, just have just a question to ponder. How do you define a success? So here we go. This will not be um, long, long, I don't think but um, I really think it's important that you book a meeting with your child's teacher soon after or even before school starts and talk to them about what their classroom is going to be like and it's perfectly okay to wait for that first week and see what they send home, what kind of information you get Mm -hmm. and then but if you don't get some of the information that I'm talking about then I always put this information in a bit of a classroom um, handbook that went to parents so that they had it as a reference tool for throughout the year or I when we got better at things you know now it should be on their class blog or their website or whatever that Mm -hmm. all this information should all be like completely available to parents it's nothing earth-shattering and you should never ever ever feel um, bad about asking your teach your child's teacher a question No, I mean if they're making you feel bad for asking questions or if the principal is or anybody that's something to hide that's wrong (laughs) like that's really wrong I loved questions and I answered them to the best of my ability, or I said, I don't know, and I'll have to find out. So this sounds like a really bad one to start, but one of the questions that you want to know is what strategies do you use in your classroom to handle tantrums or emotional struggles or aggressive behavior? Like whether you're worried about your own child or how things are going to be handled if there's aggression towards your child, it's something to ask. I think it's important to ask.
1: Because one of our kids was very sensitive to yelling, and um, it was nice to kind of know ahead of time so that we could prepare him with some strategies if there was going to be a lot of yelling
0: yeah, or um, if kids were made to sit in the hall or if you know if the poli- like or if they had to write lines or and sometimes you would get home like a A thinking paper or something for a kid for your kid because there's been an incident at the school so just so you're aware of you know what kinds of strategies that teacher has if kids are really if there's if there's a you know some kind of emotional breakdown or, or aggression and I think it's at that point where you say well if my kid is in a screaming crying horrible fit over something not that I our kids ever did that that's the point where you say you can call me like Mm -hmm. I don't care if I'm at work or whatever my kids are my number one priority and I will figure out a way to get to them so that I can support them through this because you've got 20 19 20 whatever number of other kids in the classroom you can't whatever so that's another point that you can make as well these are very e- interesting questions. What does a normal school day look like? How is food managed? How is water managed? And so now that
1: post-COVID, there'll be hygiene and washroom visits and mm-hmm. all of and,
0: that. And, you know, how? what kinds of, you know, and, and I, I read a little thing um, on uh, Facebook about practicing with your kindergarten and grade one kid, you know, opening containers mm-hmm. and eating within the required Usually kids have about 20 minutes to eat, which I'm gonna say out loud is plenty. I've heard people say, oh, they should have a half an hour. They just fool around and I'm gonna tell you that if your kid comes home and they haven't eaten all day, that is not the school's fault. You teach (laughs) your kid how to sit down and eat because I'm gonna tell you 100% they are distracted or they're talking or they're goofing around when they should be eating and so to call the school up and say my kid isn't being supervised okay usually if it's in a cafeteria there's hundreds of kids and there's maybe two teachers walking around your kid has to take responsibility for eating the required thing so that's why I think this whole training thing is and we had our kids
1: they came home for lunch
0: a lot they came home because we were close to the school and there's nothing wrong with that and uh, but i i think getting all bent out of shape because your kid isn't eating i think that's an kind of an issue where you have to you know do some parenting there so (laughs) um how are students supported who are not learning or who are not considered emotionally or behaviorally age appropriate and how do you measure success so there's kind of two questions there but you want to know what the teacher's going to do if your kid's falling behind or if they appear to be emotionally immature or ahead Mm -hmm. you want to know kind of what's going to happen there and what they're using to kind of measure success whether they are tested after every concept or what kinds of things they're doing how does the teacher employ observation and this is where it kind of gets into, well, I'll be posting stuff in the kids online portfolio so you can go and look and you should see updates on, in that every other day or once a week mm-hmm. or whatever. So those are the kinds of things that um, that question can get at. What are kids expected to do for themselves? Right.
1: Because depending on the grade. <laughs> Tie
0: your shoes, zip up your coat, da, da, da Eat.
1: <laughs> Ask to go to the washroom.
0: You know, all those kinds of things. What is the best way to contact you as a teacher? So I think that's, that question should come home in the, or be on their website or whatever. Big jet going by. We haven't heard those since a long time because of COVID. Eh? It sounds <laughs> yeah. funny. One um, of the things that I would highly recommend, I always said that good news comes in writing and bad news is a conversation. So if you're upset with the teacher, do not fire off this three-page email about you know going crazy with regards to whatever has happened because that's now in print it's in black and white there for everybody to see the principal now has seen it
1: goes into a record so
0: 20 I always said my 24 hour rule if someone if you're really really upset give it 24 hours and then see if you're as upset but then make an appointment or have a telephone call black and good news is for writing Bad news is for talking. That's my rule of thumb. Uh, What is my job as your partner? How can I work with you to support the classroom and my child and you as the teacher? So start making that um, partnership right at the beginning. Are there things you need for the classroom? Like what can I, what can I do, you know, to make things easy, like not easy, because but to make things smooth smooth for you or Mm -hmm. what how I really want to do my part and I mean one of the things I've always said like some
1: people want to donate time some people want to contribute well I'll get to that later but,
0: but I mean that's the idea of you're starting to form that partnership and your partnership and relationship with the school impacts your child's success
1: so if you are the type of parent that drops your kids off at the school door and doesn't have anything to do with the school till the afternoon when you pick them up and then even less no phone calls no communication and barely read things you're going to have a a school that's disengaged from your child as well.
0: It, it is it, it, it's
1: it's it's on you it's to a stay partnership engaged. absolutely
0: yeah. and it's all i mean it's a partnership so it's on them to do mm. their part and it's on you to I do know, your but part you know how
1: quickly parents this are is my this.
0: favorite question yeah. what can i send or not send to your classroom that will make it a better place for everyone <laughs> like so
1: like dead goldfish for show and tell yeah that no, one no. yeah
0: but no like <laughs> Little toys and all these little things that kids bring to school that are nothing but a pain in the neck on the playground, in the classroom. Things get stolen. Stolen. They're playing with them like you know, and then I remember, you know, they're saying, well, you know, kids, well, the
1: kids need... will sneak things in their backpacks, sometimes, yes, but...
0: but basically, you know how what are some things what are some ways that I can do that? Another question you want to ask is how do you build community in your classroom and your school? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you do? Do you allow volunteers, and that's where I'm talking about right. time, talent, and treasure. So mm-hmm. if you are a working parent, you might not have time to come in you know, once a week and volunteer or even once a month. But you might be able to do phone calls from home. And a few schools I had, I had like classroom moms or dads. And so if you were going to have a little party or something, or if you had a a project going on where everybody needed to bring, I don't want to say toilet paper rolls because that's ridiculous, but (laughs) that kind of idea of a thing, then you had a parent who would make those phone calls or send an email or send texts to the parents, right? Because sometimes you're friends with those people that you're yeah. in your kids' well. What classroom. are
1: those um, those phone list things where it kind of dribbles down where you yeah.
0: Point? Yeah, that and that's what we we had. We Foundries. got permission from everybody to have this parent have access to mm-hmm. the. And I mean, you picked a person that wasn't going to abuse it or no. whatever. But and then um, the other thing is treasure. Like sometimes you can just say to the teacher, "I'm going to give you like ten packs of stickers a month." That would make a teacher go
1: especially if they. Yeehaw! If they know I'm going to drop
0: off three or four boxes of pencils to your classroom. I'm going to drop off a bunch of a box, some boxes of crayons. One time um, where our kids work Pupo's, I had his kids at the school. They were a grocery store and the mom came in one day with cartons of Kleenex nice. that I was just able to distribute to every classroom. And yeah, they probably lasted three days, but it didn't matter. The mm-hmm. teachers weren't bringing in stuff. So mm-hmm. even though in Ontario, schools provide things for their kids and kids should not have to. Everything that you, if you are able to provide something, is one less thing that has to come out of the school's budget. Yeah. And then there's more money for other things. And then back again is how do you assess a student progress? What should I expect? And that's similar to the question that I asked before. How are creative, how is creative and innovative thinking supported in your classroom? What kinds of opportunities do the kids have to be creative and innovative? Do you have...
1: Other than art class. Yeah. And and if you are really passionate about art, ask, you know, does everybody make the same project? Because that's crafts. That's not art.
0: Yes. (laughs) No, it's true. Like, I remember one school that I went to, they were just in love with that. And I'm not no put down, nothing, but this Niagara Falls art gallery, right? Oh, right. And they came in and every kid produced the same picture. And I was like, yeah, that's not really what I thought was going to happen. Do you use incentives in your classroom? How does this work? Like,
1: Well, if stickers are incentives, there you go. There's yeah. going back to the donating stickers. Yeah, but what, what there's all kinds of, of things that yeah. kids
0: can you can have in place. How is learning personalized in your in your classroom? Mm-hmm. That's a big question differentiation. How do you let kids express themselves and show their personal way of doing things? Or how do you differentiate for kids who don't learn the same way and don't go ab- at things the same way? You might way? think
1: that education is the same way it was when you were a kid, and it shouldn't be.
0: <laughs> and that's another. That's another thing. Like, you have to really step back and listen to these answers and contemplate them and do a little research. There is no lack of information on anywhere, including me, if you want to ask me, Mm -hmm. on what should and shouldn't be happening in a classroom.
1: Exactly.
0: And I think as a parent, you have to kind of you know next month i'm going to talk about what to do if your kid doesn't want to go to school nice that's a good but, topic um i also think that listening to your child when they come home mm-hmm. gives you a clue as to what's going on mm-hmm. when they're in class
1: do you care if i skip back to something i just yeah, thought no. of uh, how do you build community like uh you could also you know ask questions like now, how do you celebrate multiculturalism in your classroom mm-hmm. and how do you uh, celebrate um, the different faiths, cultural practices, things like well,
0: that? Well, and we, in, in our area, you may not have this issue where you live, but in our area of Niagara, in certain pockets of it for sure, we don't even have anything but white. Mm-hmm a lot of times we're struggling like we don't have anything but white so that's really problematic difficult and um it's something to be talked about because yeah i've dealt with some pretty situations where community was not built and people's cultural beliefs and religious beliefs were not um, respected Mm -hmm. and I mean I get it sometimes religious beliefs like I mean around here and when I was teaching a lot of it was around uh, people who were Jehovah's Witnesses and didn't do certain things but we just made uh, arrangements for those children to have uh, other different kinds of opportunities during. Thanksgiving, you know, when people were doing those. And so, birthdays and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I think it's to talk about those kinds of things, especially if it's an issue for your family. I mean, another one is the sex education, right? Like yep. that stuff. And so I. So if you are
1: in Ontario, it is provided in classrooms, but you are allowed as a parent to withdraw your child. There is nothing...
0: Yeah, and they'll say, like, some principals will argue with you about, well, it's part of the curriculum in your kid. I didn't argue with anyone. I felt that if a parent wanted to take that responsibility on themselves to explain what they felt was age-appropriate for their child, then who was I to say? And we made it very simple. Like, the kids who weren't involved in that um, did other stuff. Like, they were working on other individual projects or something that... Or in that, the library yeah, or... Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that should not be um, an issue at all. And then I think you want to ask what, what you do to help kids think critically in the classroom. What, how, what are the kinds of questions you ask and how do you set up your social studies curriculum so that pe- kids are thinking critically about issues? do they do that through reading do they you know are they allowed to question society and do you talk about issues i mean obviously age appropriately but you want to know if that's a part of the 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 classroom culture so Mm -hmm. that one i think is important and then you want to ask what is their perspective on homework are you expecting like there was a time when it was 10 minutes for every grade. So in grade one, you were 10 minutes and grade two, you were 20 minutes and grade three, you were 30, grade four, you were 40, grade five, oh, okay. you know, as yeah. they went. And, um,
1: and was that I'm daily a, or every, every yeah. once in a Really, wow.
0: And I'm a subscriber to I am not a subscriber to, I they didn't get it done at school, so I mean, that, that's okay under some circumstances, but you have to be very careful with that because if you're sending home math that they didn't get done and nobody in the household understands how to do it, yeah. then... It's not fair. And I remember it just
1: means that they haven't taught it sufficiently. Our in the kids classes.
0: bringing home projects over the oh. Christmas holidays and Christmas holidays. And I projects. did I did somebody's project on a plane one mm-hmm. time. Yeah. On the way back. And you got a sixty. And I got a really <laughs> bad mark too. So because it, and and we know that the Ontario cr- curriculum says that anything that is happens at home cannot be counted towards their evaluation on their report card. Yeah. So So, homework
1: should not receive a grade. No. If you're in Ontario.
0: No. And you should be reading. Or be penalized. Reading. Yep. Spending time. I mean, I just posted on Facebook about what should you do this summer to get your child ready for school. Eat. With them. I mean, no, not eat. Um, Read. Read, (laughs) play. Yep. You know, that's what you should do like get out get sun do things together as a family your whole weekend and your whole evening should not be spent
1: on devices
0: on like trying to f- do school work I I, th- no. I think that that's you know and a lot of these projects that are assigned I don't know so I think you have, that's a good conversation to have. And I think you as a parent need to clearly say, well, as a family in our house, we spend time every night reading, but then we are outside or my kids have, and kids kind of get over I mean, I had kids that were getting up at five in the morning to go play hockey or have hockey practice and then coming to school. And, and then and getting picked up not, in the afternoon for yeah, something else. or." missing every friday for a hockey tournament like all winter long yeah so i think you know there can be some you know there can be some issues on both sides like we can overdo it with our kids as far as their activities and i don't know how many kids in this area are going to make it to the nhl but you know these five o'clock and then they'd get to school and they were like fried by nine o'clock because they had gotten up at five in the morning to go for Mm -hmm. so I mean I think you do have to think things through and I'm sure there are a lot of people who would disagree with me but I'm just talking about it from my observation and of course my perspective right and I'm always happy to hear somebody else's perspective I don't care I'm thrilled to hear a different perspective the other question I always think that you should ask is, what access to technology will my child have? And how is this managed in the classroom and across the school? Because mm-hmm. technology is a thing. I don't think we can get away from it now. No. Nope. So I think we have to be able to have conversations. Well, and you might as well
1: ask the rules around cell phone access mm-hmm. and stuff like that, too.
0: You know, and I my rule at... Um, At school was always if you need to get in touch with your parent, you don't text them from like I was in an elementary school. Right. Mm. So you come to the office and then I might say, yeah, go ahead, text your mom, let her know whatever Or you talk to your teacher and go ahead, text your mom and let her know that you have a practice tonight and blah, blah, blah. But and kids got used to the fact that if it was reasonable, I usually let them go ahead and do it. Right. And so they weren't trying to hide it and i I recognized that they had that kind of access to their parents, and so I yeah, mean... but
1: the time that the parent came to the school and already knew,
0: oh yeah, she came I roaring mean, in be because careful, the kid. I suppose, what you, say, yeah, but. but anyway, it just it and I mean, I had a situation with some very inappropriate filming that went on on a playground one time, and I had to get the police involved, so I had an incident where kids were sending very inappropriate pictures to each other and the police were involved. So, I think they have to know that you as the principal and the and the parent and the teacher are not going to put up with inappropriate use of technology and if they get themselves they're going to end up talking to a police officer and I don't think they really in the end really want to do that. So, um, but there's a lot of positive ways that technology impacts the classroom, and so I really, and of course now after, sorry, I have a wasp flying around, um, after all this stuff with being home on COVID and online, kids have even more kind of familiarity and ease with learning online, and so... You know, I think it's an important discussion to have with your child's teacher. And if I was a teacher, that would be on my website, my policy, and all that stuff. So. How do you handle report cards and interviews? That's just a kind of a question about how does that all roll out and what should I expect? That's a perfectly legitimate question to ask. And at some point, maybe in this series, I want to talk about what you should expect on your child's report card and Mm -hmm. how personalized it should be. And, you know, some of those kinds of questions. And then this other question, and, and it kind of related to what I said of what are kids responsible for doing on their own, but one of the most important things for me as a principal and a teacher and a parent was to foster independence and responsibility because these were really important to us as parents. And so how can we work together to do that? So. Um, There's a book called Boundaries for Kids. It does have a um, Christian, Very very subtle Christian spin to it. But, I mean, it's the kind of thing where the kid comes home and says, my project's due tomorrow, my project's due tomorrow, and I have to go to the store. And you say, and how long have you known you've had this project? And you kind of take a step back and say, okay, how am I fostering responsibility and independence by bailing my kid out? Every single time there's a problem. So, you know, it's the kind of thing where if the kid forgets, you know, and we reminded kids a ton to get their um, uh, permission slip signed. Maybe yeah. they have to sit at the office this time while the, while the kids go on a hike because they, they have to remember no, they and they're in grade five backpack. and they really have to remember to clean out their backpacks. And you don't have to leave your job and come rushing into the school to, to sign to do that. So those kinds of things where you can foster independence and responsibility. So those are kind of my questions. And then um, I'm going to post those on the website. So if you want to go and refer to them, I'll, I'll put them all like written out on them under the inspiration section com slash inspiration. Yeah, and... Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know. If, well, it's not exactly that.
0: That it, but it's on no NoRoomForPhonies.com. And um, then you can actually see them in writing and print them if you want to, um, to use them for yourself. So I will put them on the website. But just as a final, I I wanted to have um, some thoughts for empowering um, teachers. And so if you know
1: any teachers, or if you are a teacher, you might want to share this Podcast and I'm going to
0: put these them. on the website as, as well. well. Oh, Just either You
1: can share podcasts or
0: website. website. So here's some empowering thoughts for teachers. Parents don't always have to approve of me or even like me. I need to be able to back up my ideas with research, my teaching, my strategies, listen to their questions, and give lots of information. So I think that's that really true. important. Um, Don't become traumatized and stuck by parents who question you. Stay the course. Change and new ideas take time and you need to be the gentle rain that soaketh. Mm -hmm. So don't get all wound up about, like if you approach a teacher and they're like, oh, just say, this is not an attack. This is just us exchanging ideas and information. You don't have to succeed in everything you do to be a valuable person. You can make mistakes, apologize, and model moving forward. Embrace change, expect the unexpected, learn from all of your stakeholder groups. Just because you are the professional doesn't mean you have all the answers. And parents do know their kids best.
1: And principals do know something.
0: Yeah, they do every once in a while. I am responsible for what I bring to the table at my school. I can be the light that shines and makes all the difference. There are going to be miserable people around you and you can't change them and you can't make them pay. And you the only thing you can control is your, your emotions, emotions about Did you do this it. One? Yep. Kay. Joy in life comes from giving back without expectation of receiving anything in return. And I think that's one of the most important parts of the teacher's job, right? Because yep. mm-hmm. it's, it's a pretty, it can joy. be a pretty thankless, princi- a teacher's job is pretty thankless. A principal's job is even more thankless. So, And superintendents are so far out of it that they don't even care. Yep. I, that's my opinion. <laughs> Some superintendent will put a comment on. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. I don't care. A bad day yesterday does not impact today. Life is not easy or fair. And we can all learn and grow and become better tomorrow than we were today. We all feel sad and uncomfortable sometimes, but that helps us grow. Mm -hmm. So those are my little empowering thoughts for teachers. So if those are, we call them mantras or or aspirations or inspirations or whatever you want to call it. But I thought after giving all that advice to parents, maybe a few little inspirational thoughts for For teachers teachers would help too. So... That's it, those are the questions and you'll see all those things actually printed on um, the website mm-hmm. but um, I hope that you uh, do take some time either now or later in August to formulate some questions that you want to ask your child's teacher either right either before school starts or right very soon after once you've seen what kind of information you know they send home to you. But. Yeah. Very important questions to ask your child's teacher before school starts. So come back um, for episode 46 which is going to be what can you do when your child doesn't want to go to school. And it happens. Let me tell you. Not daily. Sometimes whatever. Not daily. yeah. And what do you do? So that'll be good. Yeah, it'll be fun. So thanks for joining us on No Room for Phonies, questions to ask your child's teacher before school
1: a couple of weeks.